Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ricky J. Mark with the Five Reasons Sports Network. Don't worry, Ethan and Chris are still here. Uh, if you're an avid listener to Slim and Handsome Chris on the Balls cast, you'll know that this isn't the first time they let me borrow the keys for a little while. What you are about to hear is something normally reserved for patron subscribers. Now, this month, for only $3, you'll have access to all of 5RSN's bonus content, including commentaries from myself and so much more from everyone in the Five Reasons family. You can find me at rickyjmark.com or on Twitter or Instagram at at rickyjmark. Now, other than some bills we've got to pay, stay tuned for a Five Reasons flagship special edition of what I like to call the On The Mark podcast. This is On The Mark. Yeah, yeah, uh... Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the On The Mark podcast. I'm your host, Ricky J. Mark, and it's a pleasure to be here with you. For those of you tuning in for the first time, the On The Mark podcast is a rather unique patron shot podcast where we cover a variety of different topics that merit discussion, anything ranging from sports, social issues, history, or whatever else comes to mind. The truth is, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Let's get started. At the time of this recording, it's September 14th, 2018, and even now, Dwayne Wade remains an unsigned, unrestricted free agent. Much to the delight of Heat fans around the world, a long and bitter divorce between the superstar guard and Heat management came to an end at the uh, 2018 NBA trade deadline when the Cleveland Cavaliers, in the midst of a locker room clearing day, decided to send the perennial all-star back to Miami. Dwayne Wade came back home, and almost immediately, Miami Vice jerseys, you remember them, with his name and number on it, sold out for the next six months. So I think it's safe to say that he was uh, very well missed here. From that moment on, Heat Nation was treated to a few vintage moments, such as the game winner over the Sixers late in the regular season, that comeback game two performance in the first round a month or so later versus that same Sixers team, and countless other clutch moments. But that was then, and this is now. Dwayne Wade is, as I mentioned before, a free agent. He is unsigned. So as of right now, the Heat remain over the salary cap limit, so they would only be able to sign Wade using either the veteran's minimum of about $1.5 million or the mid-level exception. But this isn't the first time we faced uncertainty regarding Wade's status concerning this team. The last time this happened, which was the summer of 2016, You know, Wade actually ended up leaving. This time around, recent reports suggest that Wade will either play with the team or retire. And I recommend you look back through some of uh, Five Reasons' older episodes for some of Ethan's takes on that, especially factoring in roster spots, players, and Miami's immediate future. In the meantime, let's look back to 2016 when the second controversial contract dispute in as many years resulted in Wade departing for the Chicago Bulls a move that was then labeled as a homecoming for the Chicago native. When Wade originally left, the narrative was that he was either being disrespected, deliberately underpaid, or cast off to the side while the team pursued Kevin Durant that summer. You know, if you remember, Kevin Durant was that summer's prized free agent. At the same time, we also had Hassan Whiteside that was a free agent, but I guess that's for another day. The idea was that after never being the highest played player on the roster throughout his career, it was finally time for Wade to receive what he believed was his just due. 
At that time, uh, while I had no problem believing Pat Riley and the team believed the same, the market, combined with the team's ongoing desire to improve, made that difficult, if not impossible. But, but hold on, wait a minute, difficult? What? Uh, well, I mean, this is Dwayne Wade we're talking about here. You know, historically, the Heat have prided itself on being a world-class organization. All the way from the top, where Mickey Arison sits, to team president Pat Riley, to longtime announcer Eric Reed, to marketing coordinator Crystal Rogers, to the countless other employees working behind the scenes, and so on. You know, it wouldn't have made sense then for the Heat to have invested an exorbitant amount of money in an aging star with bad knees on the verge of an upcoming free agent period, especially one as big as that one. The facts then were simple. A team with an aging Dwayne Wade and little support behind him would have struggled big time. Wade's days of single-handedly carrying a team to the postseason are long gone. Yeah, there, there was an impasse of money that may have ultimately guaranteed the breakup, but ultimately, when you consider the fact that Illinois, unlike Florida, has a state income tax, the money Wade would end up signing for would be virtually the same as what he would have gotten in Miami, which I believe was around $40 million over two years. But uh, let's address the narrative that spread at the time, which was Wade's apparent status as the highest paid player on the team. I'll be clear on this. Uh, no, I, I don't believe that this was a deliberate move by the team over the years to withhold money from Dwayne. Well, how do we know this, though? Well, history has a great way of telling the truth on most occasions. Let's take a step back and review the facts as they've been made available to us over the years, courtesy of Basketball Reference. We can start with the year 2003, when Wade was drafted fifth overall by the Heat. He signed his rookie-scale contract, which was around $2.6 million a year with modest raises until about 2007. At the time, he joined a team with Eddie Jones, Brian Grant, Lamar Odom, and Karan Butler already on it. But because of his draft status, Wade was the fourth highest paid player on the team, ahead of the sophomore Butler. Now, for those of you curious about that, Butler was drafted 10th the year before, so due to the scaling of salaries, he made a little bit less than Dwayne did. Now, Eddie Jones, who made around $12.3 million, and Grant, who made around $12.1 million that season, led the team in salary. You remember 2003-04. Uh, at least I hope a lot of you do. Miami finished 42-40, and earned home court advantage. Wayne became a star in the making versus New Orleans, and then Indiana in the second round. Miami unfortunately lost in six games, and Riley blew up the team and brought in Shaq that summer. Miami became instant title contenders, and that they were. You know, they won 59 games and finished one win shy of the NBA Finals. That year, which was 2004-2005, Wade's salary bumped up to around $2.8 million, good for third behind Jones at $13.4 million and Shaq at $27.7 million. I don't think anybody's disputing Shaq's value there. But those were deals that were already signed, and Wade was still on his rookie deal that, as we said before, wasn't going to be done until about 2007. The NBA's collective bargaining agreement doesn't allow for renegotiations of deals once they've been signed unless there are unique circumstances. Uh, being in your second year wasn't one of them. So, okay, let's move on to the following season, which was 2005-2006. Riley, who, of course, wasn't satisfied with the roster, orchestrated the biggest trade in NBA history, shipping out Eddie Jones, Razul Butler, may he rest in peace, Albert Mirais, 
Quintel Woods, and a 2006 second rounder for Jason Williams, James Posey, Antoine Walker, and the 2006 NBA championship the following summer. Wade and Shaq got the help they needed, and it paid off with a title. Arguably the most dominant NBA Finals performance in NBA history. And that was Dwayne Wade. Knocked away, and the Heat survived. And by, by Dwayne Wade. There you go. A stirring fourth quarter comeback. And the Miami Heat right back in the NBA Finals. But let's recap the salary situation from that year. Wade's salary ticked up to around $3.3 million, but he was bumped down to sixth highest on the roster behind Shaq, who took a pay cut. So Riley could bring on Walker at $6.8 million, uh, Jason Williams at $7.2 million, James Posey at $5.9 million, and fellow Class of 03 teammate Udonis Haslam, who re-signed for around $5 million and turned down deals elsewhere. Seven years ago today, we were in the locker room in Dallas, you said to me, and I'm going to tell you now, it was a tear in your eye, that nobody ever gave you anything. You earned these three titles. Seven years later, how does it feel? I mean, it's great. You know, I'm just grateful to be a part of this. Uh, we all sacrificed for the right thing, and we got the results we wanted. The interesting thing is, um, I know at the time of this recording, he recently re-signed with the Heat, so we're all happy about that. But back then, he was quoted as having said, everybody makes a pretty decent check playing this game but everybody doesn't win a championship. Well, safe to say, he not only got one the following year, he has three now. Now, Miami's championship honeymoon the following season, as we all remember, was an absolute disaster. The team's veterans didn't really seem interested in competing at the same level anymore, and after a lackluster title defense, Wade's shoulder injury, and an embarrassing sweep at the hands of the upstart Chicago Bulls, it wouldn't be long before Riley blew up the roster again. Trading Shaq, Walker, Posey, letting Jay Will and Gary Payton go as the team hit rock bottom in 2007-2008, which is when they finished 15-67 and and earned the number two pick in the 2008 draft. That year, Wade, with some other guys elsewhere, uh, I think their names were LeBron and Chris. I don't know. You might have heard of them before. I'm not really sure, but I guess we'll find out later. Uh, They signed three-year extensions scheduled to expire in the summer of 2010. Uh, taking effect that year, Wade's salary rocketed up to about $13.4 million, give or take. Interestingly enough, even then, he still wasn't the team's highest paid player. That honor was reserved for the newly arrived Sean Marion, who arrived in the 2007 uh, Shaq trade to Phoenix. Marion, who was an established veteran, was already on a max deal that he signed back in 03, and that trade meant Miami would take on the responsibility of paying him. Again, Riley was seeking ways to remain competitive in order to remain relevant and keep his young star happy. You know, we can't really blame him for that, and that extension was what it was. No one seemed to complain then. Anyways, the same thing would happen during the 2008-2009 season, when Riley, seeking growth and improvement out of the roster, went ahead and shipped Marion North, sending him to the Raptors for Jermaine O'Neal, which would essentially solidify Miami's front court and stabilize the starting five. No, uh, well, uh, Wade still wasn't going to be the highest-paid player on the team, but that wasn't Riley's fault either. Jermaine was still on a huge seven-year max contract he signed with the Pacers, interestingly enough, that same year, 2003. That season, he was set to make around $21.3 million, considerably more than the $14.4 million that Wade was earning that year. Nevertheless, 
Uh, Wade played at an MV3 level that season, and the Heat finished 43-39. and 39. Good enough for a playoff spot in a competitive seven-game series versus Atlanta. Something like that. Kirk Heinrich will inbound. Looking for Rose, Wade denies it. And the Salmons with 10. With 8. With 6. Not a good matchup right here for the Heat. Salmon, yes, Wade, Wade with a steal, with two. Wade puts it up for the win. Yeah, oh, baby. He did it. He did it. Dwayne Wade with the steal and the game winner. Do you believe that? changed the answer to the question everybody wants to know lebron what's your decision um in this fall man this is very tough um in this fall i'm going to take my talents to south beach and um join the miami heat miami heat that was the conclusion you woke up with this morning that was the conclusion i woke up with this morning why um <clears throat> like i said before um i feel like it's it's going to give me the best opportunity to, to win and to win for multiple years. Um, and not only just to win in a regular season or just to win um, five games in a row or three games in a row. Um, I want to be able to win championships and I feel like I can compete down there. I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, to say it was always in my plans, I, I can't say it was always in my plans because I never thought it was possible. Um, but the things that the, the Miami Heat franchise have done to be able to free up cap space and to be able to put themselves in a position this summer to have all three of us, um, you know, it was hard to turn down. I mean, you remember this. I don't even know why I need to tell you. LeBron, Dwayne, Chris Bosh, the Heatles, four Eastern Conference championships, two NBA championships, a 27-game winning streak, Jason Terry's death, the dismantling of the Chicago Bulls, Brooklyn Nets, Boston Celtics, Indiana Pacers, Oklahoma City Thunder. You might even argue that we started the process in Philadelphia. Countless memories revisited on NBA TV. And it was on a few days ago, actually. Sacrifice was a theme with this team. Each of the three, the big three that is, took pay cuts to fit in with some talented role players. Think of a re-signed Udonis Haslam, again turning down better offers elsewhere to stay home and compete for a second and third championship. Think of eternal fan favorite Mike Miller. This was all possible due to sacrifice. But Wade made a little less, relatively speaking. He was third best on the roster in terms of salary, though way ahead of everybody else. That made it possible for Haslam to stick around on a reasonable deal, and I think it's safe to say it all worked out in the end. But then it 
it all changed. In 2014, and I can already feel you cringing at what I'm about to say, the big three all opted out of their deals, presumably to rebuild on what they did four years prior, except for one thing. LeBron left. This is amazing. You guys in the stands, I want to thank everyone for being here. What makes my city and my state happy, and that's why I came back. I love you. I'm back. Yeah. Well, Wade willingly opted out of a contract that was paying him around $18 million at the time. It's something that many of us within Heat Nation, and especially Heat Twitter, Marcus Camby, Jeff included, will forever dwell upon. The same day LeBron leaves, Miami rushed to lock down Bosch, re-signing him to a six-year max deal starting at around $20.6 million a year. Four days later, Wade re-signed to a one-year $15 million deal. How many of you remember the way he played in that NBA Finals in 2014? If you asked me, my opinion, especially at the time, was that he got a lot more than he, what he led us to believe, based on what his tank looked like at the end. I mean, he was, he was bad in that series. But, you know, that's, I guess that's ancient history now. The next year, however, is when things started to get contentious. The social media shade started to pick up, with a certain aggressive Rihanna song being played in the background of one of uh, Dwayne's kids' Snapchat feeds. to leave for real uh, began at around this time. Eventually, the sides did settle on a one-year $20 million deal. That year, Wade had a great comeback season, a relatively healthy regular season run, and some timeless playoff performances, much to the chagrin of that clown in Charlotte. I think those of you who watched that Game 6 versus the Hornets remember exactly whom I'm talking about. Marvin Williams fakes, drives, stripped by Wade! Excellent recovery. Wade finds Dang. Dang fakes back up to Wade. A rare three. It's good! Dwayne Wade from downtown! It's only the second three-pointer he's taken in the series and his first mate. He hasn't hit a three since December. Under a minute remaining. Will there be a game seven? Wade, another three. It's good! Dwayne Wade from downtown! Had not hit a three-pointer since December and knocks down two here in the fourth quarter. And the Heat go back up by five. So Wade and Miami finished a white side injury and one win away from an Eastern Conference Finals berth. And the offseason began, the drama beginning with it. You know, I remember following the Raid contract drama from Paris where I was studying law that summer. And you can imagine my shock when I woke up to dozens of texts and a Twitter app that actually crashed on both my laptop and my phone in response to a simple headline. 
Breaking news here on SportsCenter. The Chicago Bulls on the verge of landing Dwayne Wade, believing they have trade partners willing to take on Jose Calderon, Mike Dunleavy to clear the necessary salary cap space. Wade, a Chicago area native, looking to be coming home just as former teammate LeBron James did. Welcome into SportsCenter. A lot of ground to cover with Diana Rossini. I am Max Bredos, just like we saw with Kevin Durant. One city celebrates another, well, bad news. And that one this time around is Miami. Yeah, the Miami only offered two years, 40 million. Dwayne Wade said he was worth two years, 50 million. It's sort of a Kobe Bryant type deal is what he was looking for. And it seems that the Chicago Bulls are going to be get the it. team. They're going to be able to give him the money that he is looking for. But in terms yeah, I, I admit, I was both shocked and amazed. You know, I never thought it would actually happen that Dwayne Wade would actually leave Miami. I figured it was just another one of those dramatic diva ploys used to squeeze out more money. Players do that. They've done it before, and they'll most likely do it again. But it wasn't. He, he actually left, though. Imagine that. But what did we learn here? Was it really a matter of the team underappreciating Wade? Uh, my humble opinion, absolutely not. What history shows us is a matter of timing and initiative taken by Heat management to provide Wade with the best possible opportunity to win games. This was throughout his career, not just in any specific moment. I don't believe that this was a matter of spite, disrespect, or even undervaluation. This was a roster restructuring and a desire to remain relevant and in contention. Think of the way things went down in LA when the team opted to tie up their cap with an aging player. Think of the way things went down in Los Angeles when the team opted to tie up their cap with an aging player. Sure, that 60-point finale was amazing to watch, but even Kobe Bryant would likely tell you that he would have preferred his final game to be in an NBA Finals, winning a title like MJ did. But we can't all have our cake and eat it too. Now, okay, let's be fair. I think that's the most important thing here. Kobe's deal wasn't the only reason the team basically fell apart after 2012, but at the same time, it certainly didn't help. Here's the bottom line, though. You know, I hope we don't have to go through another drawn-out contract process again. It's September, and media day is not that far away. Chemistry is a very valuable thing in this league, especially with a team that might not necessarily be as talented as, say, the Warriors, the Rockets, or Celtics. Due to the deals the team made in the 2017 offseason, Miami now has even less money to work with this time around. And Wade, though still collecting that Bulls check, is nowhere near worth $20 million a year anymore if we're just bowing by his gameplay, how he, what he can bring to the floor. We got him back at a bargain last year, and it almost seemed poetic, considering how much he declined since 2016. After a while, bringing him off the bench just seemed natural, even though we all knew who was finishing the game on the floor. At this point, the, the hope is that both sides are able to understand the situation as it clearly is, and either greed or pride don't get in the way of what should be a very basic and straightforward deal. We know how much money is left. We know how much money that he can pay. Dwayne and his agent know this. So let's just make this deal. Let's just get this over with and move into the regular season. I want to close by saying this. Without question, without a shadow of a doubt, 
Dwayne Tyrone Wade is the greatest player in Heat franchise history, and his number will someday hang in the rafters at American Airlines Arena. As of late, guys like Brendan Tobin and various other people, especially on Heat Twitter, have championed a movement where Biscayne Boulevard should be changed to Dwayne Wade Boulevard. Personally, I'm not opposed to that. I'd be all for that sort of thing. He certainly deserved it. If he decides to retire, which is well within his right, you know, it's, it's been a great run. But if he chooses to play, sign the deal and let's do this thing one last time. Let's move past the nonsense we've all been forced to endure in past years. Let's grow and learn from past mistakes and use it to ensure a more peaceful future for this team. At least, that's, that's what I hope. This has been Ricky J. Mark with the On The Mark podcast, courtesy of the 5 Reasons Sports Network. For more about me, feel free to visit rickyjmark.com, my blog at rjmblog.com, or at rickyjmark on both Twitter and Instagram. Also, Election Day is coming very soon, so make sure you're registered to vote before October 9th. You can do that and so much more at rickyjmark.com slash vote. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks to Ethan and Chris, and be sure to keep it locked to the 5 Reasons Sports Network for more of this and even more of everything else that is being produced right now. Talk to you guys again very soon. So sweet